This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. But regardless, look, Donald Trump won when a lot of people figured he had no chance of winning. And in a lot of cases, the polls were wrong. The polls missed a lot of Trump support. So where is that coming from? And what was this, this backlash? What are Trump supporters rebelling against? Was well, a really interesting piece up today at Reason.com, Reason Magazine, uh, that a lot of people are sharing. And it talks about uh, a backlash against political correctness. Anyway, joining us on the line is Robbie Soav. He is associate editor at Reason.com and the author of the aforementioned piece. Robbie, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. So how big of a political earthquake is this, first of all? Oh, it, I mean, it's massive. It completely uh, upends uh, everything the, the kind of left-of-center dominant elite media thought was going to happen. They were totally wrong. They did not see this coming in any sense. Uh, it's a major, major disruption of kind of the left democratic neoliberal coalition. They, they represent groups that are at odds, uh, groups that some of them went for Trump, that thought Trump was the candidate of kind of disaffected blue-collar uh, workers, um, it's uh, it's uh, they're they're, they're going to have a lot of contradictions to grapple with. Uh, it's it's very very much a scramble. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, it is. Um, so you you look at this from from a different lens because we were just talking a few minutes ago about the the U.S. economy, which has been kind of a mixed bag in, in recent years, but not terrible. In fact, some of these swing states that went Trump have been doing relatively well, economically speaking. So I don't know if it was a, an economic backlash, but you suggest maybe there's something else going on. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's almost a social backlash. And I'm a, I'm I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a libertarian. I I support immigration and free right. trade. Yes. But when I talk to um, uh, people who like Trump, you know, it, it was not his policies because he didn't really articulate policies. They viewed him as this figure of resistance to this new kind of cultural, uh, what they see as a cultural totalitarianism being imposed on them, a new, a new language about what pronouns we use and how we identify people, this idea that, that, that uh, straight cisgendered white males are the cause of all the problems of society, in society, that, that everything is their fault. And a lot of the, the people actually in that group are struggling in some of these places in Michigan and Pennsylvania. And I, I hypothesize that they were so, they were galvanized by this, by this kind of political correctness that they can't say and do what they think anymore in their own country. And they have, they, Donald Trump was the, was the guy who galvanized, is, is an icon of resistance to political correctness. And I think it's a, a, a kind of under the radar, not well understood kind of cultural battle outside the traditional kind of social battle. Well, and it's a really uh, interesting point because, yeah, to a lot of people, things that, that Donald Trump said during the campaign, that it, that it seemed as though it would, in any other circumstances, destroy a campaign. It would be, yeah. you know, this candidate said a crazy controversial thing. That's it for them. They're finished. And really, not only did it not hurt him, maybe as you're arguing, it, it helped him. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know people like this, right? People, maybe there are people in your own family, people who, who say things that you're like, ooh, that's kind of offensive. I wish you wouldn't say that. Uh, but, you know, they're not, they're not bad people. They're good people in a lot of sense. They're, they're good neighbors. They're 
good to their community and they're struggling and, and they think their struggles have been ignored and they think they think the very language that they use to express their frustration is being used against them, that they're being silenced. Um, in a, I mean, look at what's happened on college campuses. If you're paying attention to college campuses in Canada and in America, I mean, people are just, the people there treat you if you've used the wrong pronoun, like you're Hitler. I mean, these, these voters are being treated like they're Hitler, and, and they were, they, I think they've gotten so sick of it. And Donald Trump is the person who successfully uh, turned that into a movement of, of people who are like, you know what? We are going to tell these people who are trying to silence us, who are trying to, trying to change our language, who, are, who say we're racist and sexist and all these things. We are going to, you know, we're going to give them the finger, basically. We're going to elect Donald Trump just to, just to get back at them. I think that I think that is a powerful kind of not not the total explanation, but a part partial explanation for what happened last night that we did not see coming. Yeah, you know, well, and and should we have then? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been trying, I write I mostly write about college news and about backlash against political correctness. I mean, you should see how Halloween drives the kind of kind of uh, liberal. Uh, Media figures, intellectuals into a frenzy about all all these costumes oh, yeah. are offensive. Yeah. Everything everything you would try to dress up is, is going to offend someone else. You know, everyone should stick to their own identity group. And people are really this this makes people angry. People are fed up about this, and uh, and and it's not. And I, I've been trying to warn you know people who who are kind of pushing political correctness that you are going to provoke a massive backlash that's going to be very very bad for the country because I, I don't like Donald Trump and I don't agree with his policies. And I'm kind of frustrated with them that they didn't uh, take that warning a little more seriously. And I don't, and they're still not taking that seriously. I, I see these same people saying, oh my gosh, this just proves everything we thought. We need to, we need to call everyone out as racist even more aggressively. But that's not convincing these people. That's not, you're, you're further alienating them to, to, uh, to great risk to our country, apparently. Right. And I think, you know, even if people agree with your thesis, I think a lot of people are going to say, okay, but that's, that's a white man's backlash. It's a backlash of angry white men, and that's just going to exacerbate some of these divides in the United States. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, that's true. But, but the left, you know, the, the kind of, the left has in a large sense said uh, recently, I mean, I pay attention to leftist intellectual trends. They've said identity groups are important. You know, there should be a, there should be safe spaces for for people of color and safe spaces for the LGBT community and safe spaces for all these identity groups, and and they put kind of kind of poorly educated cisgender white people into their own identity group and they've mocked them and they've belittled them, and now those those people all showed up to vote for Donald Trump and these other identity groups it seems from the polls uh, didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in the numbers she expected, so now we have Trump as our president. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the identity groups narrative, uh, and I, I'm kind of resentful that it was that it was pushed on us. Uh, but I, I think it, it actually played to Donald Trump's advantage here a little bit. You also make an interesting point about the the boy who cried wolf situation. That uh, you know you had a lot of people on the left saying, "Wow, now the Republicans, whatever happened to serious candidates like Mitt Romney and John McCain, responsible Republicans?" And we get this this crazy Donald Trump. But that's not what they were saying in 2012, and that's not what they were saying in 2008. Right? They were saying that these people were deeply, deeply disturbing, dangerous, 
they they called these people racist. They they said they said they were stupid and dangerous and reckless and racist. They said that was about George Bush and John McCain and Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. They said this about Mitt Romney, who was, was you know a, a obviously more qualified and more sane and more normal and within the bounds of of regular political thinking and closer to what what liberals and Democrats think uh, than Donald Trump because they said all these. These they were so they were so they're, they're the boy who cried wolf. They 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 there was no language left for them to describe the unique horror of Donald Trump because they'd already they'd already wasted their outrage on these people who didn't deserve it. And so no one. So when they said Donald Trump is racist, a lot of people said, well, but you said that about everyone. And maybe they were right this time, but they said that about everyone. So there's there was a credit. There's a credibility problem that the that the media has uh, because it spent too much outrage on people who didn't deserve it. And that's a related phenomena to, to the other thing I was discussing because I just I feel like the left really overreached in, in the during the Obama years and uh, and they're going to suffer for it now. They were they were pushing the country to change, I think, in ways I support, but it was apparently it was just too sudden. It was too quick. It made a lot of people feel displaced and angry and this is how they're they're venting their frustration at that. All right. And just a, a final thought from you as a, as a libertarian, I guess, you know, marijuana legalization prevailed in California. That, that's exciting. But, um, you know, as you yep. say, reasons to be concerned about a, a Trump presidency. So what, what are you worried about? What are you you're curious about going forward here? Well, I, I'm worried that, I mean, the, the Bush administrations and the Obama administration, they did some things I like, but in a lot of ways, they expanded the power of the federal government of the executive branch. Uh, and And now... Trump will be able to make use of those expanded powers to do to do kind of whatever he wants. I mean, we had executive uh, orders uh, on immigration that I supported because I wanted because I, I support more immigration. Now I'm worried Trump can use those same kind of processes to to kick people out and to decrease immigration and to harm our trade and to really hurt the economy. And we will have created a space to do that for him because uh, because we undermine these checks and balances built into our system. I mean, this is the case for, this is why I support and believe in limited government, because when we have a dangerous person in office, it, they should be constrained, they, they should have little ability to, to hurt the nation. And I think, I think we've given more power to the federal government. We've been naive in doing that. So, uh, so there's, I think there's good reason to be fearful. Yeah, good point. We'll leave it there. Robbie Moore to Reason.com. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All My right. pleasure. Robbie Soav is an associate editor at Reason.com, Reason Magazine. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More time for your calls, your text, your emails as well. Telephone number and the text number 403-974-8255. You can email rob at newstalk770.com. Maureen emails to say, Rob, I'm horrified that Trump won. Not a Clinton fan, but I can't figure out how the blue-collar Trump supporters think that Trump can relate to them. He's a billionaire, has screwed people over his whole life to get ahead. He's insulted, mocked people, been disrespectful through the whole campaign. Wouldn't you think that's the honeymoon phase where he would be on his good behavior? I think we're in for a rough ride. And I think a lot of people think that. I try to be an optimistic person. I don't think the world's going to end. Uh, I think the U.S. will be fine four years from now. But I I do think there are some areas where, where Trump can do some damage. Let's hope he doesn't. Anyway, we're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.